All right. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, wherever you are. My name is Andrea Mai, and this is the Pure Light Project podcast. We're uh, doing both a YouTube video and a podcast this week. And my guest today, my my friend, my pal, my soul brother, Max Harvey, is here to come and play with me and see what kind of wonderful conversation we can have. And uh, so it's been, we've had a few minutes of knocked over teacups and, and microphone checks, and here we are, we're ready to go. So, so hi, Max. I'm so glad that we're here and a little ready. (laughs) Hi, Andrea. It's a pleasure and an honor and always always lovely spending time with you so thank you for asking me yeah so uh, you're in london area right mm-hmm. yeah and how long how long have you been there like is that where you where you grew up or did you just uh land there as a as an adult or i was born in west london which is where i am now still west london um in Hammersmith, and I grew up close to Hammersmith in Chiswick and Acton. Um, my mum's Irish. My dad is a Londoner, going going back quite a way in his family line. I think. Um, having said that, there is some um, dark, like there is some possibly some Sri Lankan in his line. Okay. So yeah, I've been recently uh, inspired to look into that. Um, and um yeah so i've i've spent so this is you know if we if we do choose where we incarnate and i feel we do then this was this is where i personally chose and it was it's london is is fascinating and uh yeah so at 45 now i'm still here i've i've traveled around the world but uh yeah, I'm still rooted here, but I'm I don't know if I'll be here for much longer. That's that's cool. Yeah, there's a a lot of shifts for a lot of us, you know. Um I love what you said about choosing where you incarnate. Like obviously like I'm wearing flannel, right? I think my soul is wrapped in flannel. Uh <laughs> it, I grew up in northern Minnesota and <clears throat> And there's just something about the cold and the air, you know, the the trees and the way the sky looks at in a very remote place that is unparalleled no matter where else I've been in the world. It's the place that still just almost brings me to my knees, you know, Um, the people don't always, but the land does, you know, there's something there. So, so that's cool. So I, Max and I know each other from a group, uh, sort of some common interests. Uh, there's a new earth group uh, that we are part of on Telegram. And I think we probably met through Hira, through one of her programs or Lotus Rides or something like that. And so uh, it's been a lot of fun to get to know you over about I guess maybe the last year or so was when I started coming into that group but it sounds like you had probably been connected to them for quite a bit longer maybe or yeah I mean I'd, I've been I don't know maybe well I've been doing the Lotus Rides I haven't done the last two three or four of them just because of uh, um, what's been going on in, in in life here in London and just yeah. having more to kind of dance with and uh, navigate in London, but um, about uh, not not too long after they started, I started doing them and did them consistently because Hera is profound in her purpose and her living her purpose. And, um, and she's a, you know, a leader of, of, of kind of a way shower of for, for all as, you know, many of us are in our own ways, but she's definitely a leader and a very good one. And, um, um, you know, very new, completely newer focused and she's a beautiful person. Really like, 
her a lot. And um, I met her in Sedona at um, a workshop um, given by Drumbler and Melchizedek um, called Cosmic Grace. Um, and that's kind of the, that was the culmination of all of his work and up all, all of that work. I won't say his work because it's multidimensional, of course, right. um, up to that point. And um, it was a profound moment, actually. I remember that. Or just a hard to put into words, hard to put a word to it, but it was a very magical experience. Um, it was mainly the teachers in that workshop. And um, I think that work is still is still being is still waiting to be presented and embodied because it felt like it was kind of early it was coming out it was being presented and shown to us and we were trying we were incorporate incorporating the meditations into our bodies um yeah. as they were appearing sort of through um to to drum below so yeah, yeah that's that's what we met. That's awesome. Yeah, Sedona, that's some serious energy there. I've been two or three times now and literally only for like a day each time, you know, wow. not sometimes not even a full day. And it's my goal is this spring to make it back there. But cosmic grace, man, that just. Wow. When you said those words, I don't actually know. I haven't really gone deeply into Drumbelow's teachings. Um but that phrase, it feels like my heart, you know, it feels like everything. Uh, and to be able to embody that, what a precious thing to be able to do for yourself and for others to, you know, kind of experience it with you and through you. That's any element of that that you can bring to life through these vessels, you know. True. <laughs> That's a life's work. Yeah. It, as I say, it's it's not easy to put into words that like, because you it's sort of it feels like it's sort of almost beyond I don't know. There are, you know, you have occasional experiences that aren't easy to put into words because they're just so multidimensional and it's almost like you're being exposed to new, beautiful new frequencies through them. Yeah. You just got to have the experience. Yeah. That's, you know, I'm a writer and I've spent my life trying to capture everything in words, you know, like photographers try to snap the perfect picture. I try to, I've always tried to snap the perfect line, you know, and I was laughing because the other day I, I must have 10 dictionaries and thesauruses over here. I was organizing and I'm like, maybe I should like go through these and see the many ways you describe, you know, that it's described one word is described, but point being, as I've gone on, I mean, I'm 49 and it's been a lifetime journey with words and language and I find myself wanting less and less of them and to just rest in the space. It, we, there's so many words, you know, <laughs> that get used all day long, every day. And there's not, there's not enough moments in between the words, you know. Uh, and that's hard, right? Even like as I'm having these conversations with you, with others, it's like how do we allow little bit of that room that breath in between while still keeping attention of you know but maybe the ones who want the breath will be the ones who give the attention to to the conversation and i think i'm okay with that <laughs> if that makes if that makes sense yeah no i i love i love words are powerful of course as you know anyone who works with words or the creative works with words creatively. Um, uh, poetry comes to mind straight away because it's, and I see an emergence, a re-emergence, um, or people adopting, taking it up, creative individuals, um, learning and experimenting with and um, 
writing beautiful poetry, friends um, who are who were already particularly good with words, wordsmiths, but um, um, th- th- there is a because what we're going through at the moment is so um, intensive or there's a density of it of of in our in our collective neural network of ex, of what we're all grappling with every day that therefore if we can put we can crystallize that if we're going to put it into words we kind of need to crystallize it or we need to have these these long-form discussions and yeah. talks and and that's the best way it feels like the only real way at the moment or the the most productive way to use our vocabularies our language um and there is a great maturity coming through in that as well or a need for maturity like it's the only way we're being cool to be as mature as we can be you know and and in our abilities mature and playful Playful at the same time. Absolutely couldn't agree more. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, it, the word mature can make you feel a bit like, um, you know, like maybe, I don't know, stale and, you know, just, just um, like, where do you go from there? You know, but it's like, yeah, you have to be playful at the same time. Of course. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. 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 I have a friend who has, she has five children. Uh, she just had her fifth and she has, this one child who uh, I think he's probably like 10. Right. So just on the cusp of, and he's a, you can tell he's a very old soul. Right. And that's what I think of. He will play on the ground, literally on his belly, you know, just like (laughs) I watched him this summer, like on his belly, just like just splashing some water in a little kiddie pool, just, just hanging out in nature. Right. But he's like, you can just like the, the, it just pulsates off of him, the wisdom inside this little kid. Right. And it's like that. I want to be that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Splashing in the mud puddle, you know, but still one with, with it all and curious about it all. I love it. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And I see it with um, when people walking their dogs here in London um, if I if I'm sitting down, just kind of uh, watching a sunset or contemplating, and there are people walking by with their dogs, and you notice that the animal kingdom—that's their nature, of course. They're just they they're just by their very natures they're playful, but they're like <laughs> they you know they they're attentive to everything, and they're sort of they don't miss anything, and they're sort of like they're always on the you know noticing everything and. Um, but yeah, children, children, animals, and, and maybe the older people as well, uh, who, who have completed all their, come through the, you know, their cycles and they're in a place of more openness and and kind of grace, you know? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I was home recently up in Minnesota. I live in Tennessee. And so it's about, it's about. 1100 miles from where I live to where my childhood home is. And I was talking with one of my cousins about our grandmother. And when, of course, when we knew her, when we were children, she's been gone for about 10 years now, maybe 11 years. But I mean, like the image I have of her, right, is just this sweet woman who was always hanging out in her vegetable garden, you know, and like there was this soft, youthful, very youthful heart wrapped in a woman who's just, she exuded love, you know, like really, truly. And so it was funny because my, my cousin was talking to her dad about when, when my grandma was younger, So probably she was more like my age, you know, and she had eight kids. And they said the thing, something I had never heard was that she was a real taskmaster, right? She was, she was, she kept everything in line and you better, you better 
toe the line, basically. And that was not any of my experience with her. So when you're talking about that, right, um, at some point she must have kind of had gotten to the point where she could lay down that aspect of her her personality or her nature uh, or her need to control, you know, and just float a little. <laughs> so. Yes. Uh, so the cycles of life and the, and it's only when you see sort of, you know, if you don't have, like, I don't have any, there are no young children in my immediate family. And when I see friends, children, or uh, you see, you know, people out, in the community it's it, it, the cycle of life just hits you you know you're hit by it in a nice way because it's just it that's what it, that's what this realm is it's this it's these this cycle of life we only have a finite amount of time here and it's like and um it's very be- so beautiful and yeah something happens probably I'm sure no question at certain times um there's that metamorphosis we go through when we turn into adults and and they're sort of you're facing this you know this you're really head-on facing this world like and and you know going for it you know exploring everything and and then um yeah and you come full full circle through that i guess for women and men i mean women have their cycle their own cycles so that's that's fascinating i'm learning a bit more about that uh, from a friend who um, studies and knows a lot about the moon cycles, yeah. And, and so, um, hopefully, I think it'd be nice if we talked about that a little bit more openly in our society. How you know that is the nature of woman, you know, and yeah. and that is you know it's half of our species. Plus, we're yeah. entering a, a female, uh, energetically female paradigm now, or we're in even though it doesn't look like it and feel like it yet. Yeah. Or, uh, or at least more balanced, you know. Ah, um, right. Yeah, it's know. just that. Exactly. Exactly. Because if you say male or female, it sounds like you're just entering duality again. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. Balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't agree more. That's interesting. It's interesting to hear a, a, a man, you know, even most of <laughs> even taking an interest in understanding that to any degree, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, I know there are people periodically that I've met who do, but um, how wonderful to, because it is an aspect that is usually used against women by women and men. Right. You know, Uh, so that's, that's cool. But it's, it's half of life on this planet. I mean, it's, and we're all brought up by mothers and they have, they go through these cycles. We have, I have a sister, you know, if I knew a little bit more when I was growing up about the facts, um, I did know some facts, probably more than I had a very open mother and sister, but I mean, maybe, maybe intuition is obviously that's how we all navigate these, um, each other's cycles. We, we have to rely on our feeling and intuition about it and, um, but we still don't talk about it that much. And it's like, if it's, it's, you know, if our world is in a mess and it's starts needing to recreate itself and we're needing to recreate systems that are collapsing around us, yeah, then we got to understand the fundamentals. We can't do it without that. Yeah. And that's a fundamental. I don't know. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. It's interesting. The, um, I heard something the other day and I, and I've been watching this around me. I've had more men with sort of very, I've talked about this in other, you know, conversations or, or videos, but, you know, sort of this really, this energy, we call it masculine energy, right? But it's, it's sort of like a really distorted view of that, I think. But the, um, the notion of things having to be very logical, very systematic. I remember years ago, a meditation teacher of mine was telling me about a book she had 
read that really helped explain men to her Uh, because as women, you know, sometimes you still operate in that way, especially if you're out like in the world of business, right? There's there is absolutely a, a, a structure that is in place that you must Uh, And many men don't feel it doesn't work for anyone, really, you know, but she was talking about how men, the way men are wired, no matter there was an anthropologist who went or a sociologist who went and studied uh, communities all over the world and how men were best when they understood when they were in a hierarchy and understood their spot in it, you know, and so that's. It, it didn't matter actually where they were in it, as long as they knew where they fit in it. Does that feel like for your experience, does that feel accurate? I'd say when men come together in groups, that happens naturally. And it is literally nature is just running through the group and doing its thing. And uh, I do feel that, yeah, that's that's just how male groups organize. And it's the structural side of the universe, uh, and the energetics. Um, and the females, when I, when I say I walk into my mom's home and she's got lots of her female friends around, they're having a, an evening, like a book club they do. Um, uh, it, it can feel like chaos. <laughs> like, but there is... <laughs> But there is, I know there is this different mystical order to that chaos. It's just a different type than when a whole room of men are together. And um, yeah, it's, yeah. and of course it depends on the individuals as well. Like if, if a lot of the individuals in that room have a more, you know, a more male dominant energy, or then maybe it will take on, uh, uh, that structure that you mentioned that, that men take on so so yes yeah, totally fluid yeah fascinating all the many ways we play with ourselves and our experience you know i love it but um so you you do uh, you have this gorgeous gorgeous wall behind you is that something that you did did you paint that or? I did that... paint that. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I mean, that's kind of a like a experiment. I was just, when I moved in here, um, I paint stripped the wall and I just started like getting creative and I just stripped out that face and I just left it. And I've meant to paint over it because it was staring at me for too long. And I just, it's, <laughs> you know, and it's, a, it's, I don't know why I did that face who knows um does it remind you of someone in particular or if that's it always well sorry it always looked (laughs) (laughs) no no it always looked actually interestingly it looks um androgynous it's a kind of male female uh some people say it looks more male some people say it looks more female people have seen it and um I saw it as male, but it, uh, I thought it looked a little bit like, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it was no meaning to it, you know, the, just the little paint, through. it just came through. Yeah. But that painting there, um, is more like something I love to do, which is a mix of sacred geometry and, and, um, watercolor, just that mix of like structure and flow in artwork so is is that sort of your primary thing that you do is uh art and and is it painting or do you play with a lot of different things or i would say um yeah i'm a i am creative i like to be as creative as possible i think that's one of our human superpowers for everyone has it in their own way and um and um we you know we can't waste it like we can't not we've got to explore it and we got it you know it's just um yeah so i mean i i've 
I've had an unusual path. Like I wouldn't say I'm a, I can't really label myself like as anything, you know, I'm, my dad was an artist and he was a commercial artist and that's how I grew up um, watching him and observing how he did that. And he provided for our family as well as my mom. She did amazing work as well, but he was at home all the time, which was, um, you know, uh, it's a huge gift and I feel forever grateful that he was always there and he was a gentle, attentive. He's a really, yeah. I mean, he he passed away last December, and um, he. I'm reflecting a lot on on the gifts that he he bestowed. He, you know, just being and how he chose to live his life. The example of how he lived, growing up around that. And so, yeah, he was at home illustrating all all day, every day every day growing up and um, playing guitar and um, and smoking dope after we've, we've gone to bed, <laughs> but like not, not uh, only a little bit, like he was one of these people that it, it helped him to work. You know, he, he used yeah. it only a little bit. He, you know, he wasn't uh, uh, and very, you know, what I mean is he was very, he was in control of his space and yeah. he was, he had a good work ethic uh, and provided by doing something he loved and was creative. And I'm inspired to do that myself um, more and more and more. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Mm. And have you, uh, you mentioned that you might be leaving London, which is probably one of the biggest cities in the world. Um, so exploring all kinds of new, bringing in, to a richer expression, right? These parts of you that maybe haven't been as active in a new place, like sounds like a lot to take on <laughs> experience. To move, to move, you mean? Or- to move and to maybe bring in more of these parts of yourself. Do you feel like in moving like to a new location that might open up the potential for you to explore um i mean your art deeper well so it's 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 tricky so i feel like i'm like i have a i've spun quite a few plates i've i went um when i was 22 i should give you a background because okay. otherwise because uh, we naturally try and work out like where what we what each other do where we are in life how did we get there and and yeah. I've noticed that unless I give a bit of a backstory to people, I'm I'm not easy to um, figure out, I suppose. Maybe I am. I don't know. But that's just what I'm guessing. Maybe I am. I don't know. But it's um, – so when I was 21, I went traveling, left college. I did two years of a degree. And then I, I left to go traveling. I needed to – stop that course i just felt um it was actually the beginning of that you know we have we all when you start to feel uncomfortable and you need something in you is awakening um we all have our own journey with that and especially like you and i people who are who find their way to meditation groups or who explore spirituality first in their own utterly unique way and then they find groups and, you know, and then we come together as groups. And um, um, when I was 20, so when, when I was 21, I went to traveling and I collapsed. I didn't collapse, but I was feeling unwell while before I left actually. And, but I was young and I had a lot of youthful, you know, power that we all have running through us, but there was something wrong. And um, I got ill. Um, I more or less, I had to like lie down by the side of a road when I was walking down the road with a friend and um, that just got worse and worse. And it looks on reflection, it looks like it was all from um, a tick bite from uh, Lyme caused by Lyme disease. But uh, yeah, I just, you know, I was on my own out there in Australia. I'd left my friend there and I was uh, stuck in this youth hostel. um, um, I couldn't, move like my body my body didn't work something was really wrong and um i had loads of visits to doctors to the hospital all sorts of stuff um managed to get back to um 
London in a roundabout way. Uh, but I stopped talking. Uh, like I couldn't talk. Like my head, every time I tried to speak, I felt this huge pressure in my head. And um, I just kind of shut down and went within, just, yeah. just, just completely shut down. Got home. I spent... Um, I got home in a wheelchair, basically, <laughs> and um, uh, I spent three months lying flat on the sofa, and I didn't say one word for three months. Um, I did not move for three months other than to go to the bathroom in a wheelchair, and that carried on for a few was, months. Was there in was there internal dialogue, or was it just a period of deep silence inside of you? Well. It was more. It was more like spaciousness. Yeah. So no, I wouldn't say there was no internal dialogue unless, you know, when you have like a, like if there was like a nurse came to take blood samples at one point, and that was actually more of a physical experience. But but when well, when stress levels go up, uh, usually people's internal dialogue starts to go for it and just go all over the place, just as a reflection of the the chaos and the, the, the increase in stress hormones and all that stuff. But no, it was, it was basically open space. I just felt like I was in deep space wow. and, and, um, but it, it was, it was really awful for my family, you know, <laughs> you know, um, and that shut me down even more because I just didn't want, I couldn't bear really that they were suffering because, because I was suffering, you know, yeah. and, um, so I kind of really got locked in and uh, that lasted for quite a few months. And so I kind of, my programming here that I was, that, that uh, societal programming that happens to all of us just growing up in this world kind of started to unravel and not unravel, but like dissolve, I would say, gently dissolve away, you know, and, and um, that was good and bad, you know, it was like it, it was it was really challenging <laughs> seriously challenging because to come back from that was very um it was very windy bumpy path and um uh i wouldn't recommend that route to anyone <laughs> you know but route of um whatever it was you know whatever but it um i eventually um I eventually got better or learned how to fix myself by you. The internet was a huge help. Once yeah. I, once I started researching on the internet and yeah, I really, I got to know the internet as a brain, as a neural network, like fully. Cause I was just, I had all this time to do that. And um, I've researched all these subjects around human potential things that I'd already always been interested in. And um, yeah, I mean, you bring, you bring just an exquisite amount of information inside our group. Whenever there's like a health question posed, you know, like, like deeper than, and, and there's a lot of knowledge inside that group, but I mean, you just bring stuff that obviously you have a very inquisitive nature and you go very very deep with whatever you're whatever you're researching or, or learning about so well also like a lot of the things that i learned around those years that time um really embedded because um it's not like um learning now where i'm quite distracted a lot of the time you have a lot of things on your mind and if you learn something if you read an article it may not really go in and so um also, I feel a responsibility to, you know, to to put that, to share that back out, yeah, um, in the most constructive way possible. Literally, to just give it back because I received it. I, you know, I need to put it back out there because it it's stuff that information um, that is not easy to. You have to know what you're looking for, kind of thing. You know, it's not. Yeah. You might come across it. But you, you may not value it that much if you just come across certain. Until you can apply it in your life, right? If it's something that you've learned and you applied, like Qigong became very instrumental in some of my own healing in my body and like learning how to integrate energy. 
And I was like, oh man, I need every, like everybody needs to know about some of these things, right? Because they're so simple, you know, uh, different things like that. Yeah, it's it's wonderful to see people really sharing from, you know, yeah, I've, I've used this, this, and this, I haven't used this, but I've heard from people who I know, you know, like all of that. I love, I love the passing on. It's so, uh, I grew up in a really small community and, you know, people just cared for each other. And as living in a city or a suburb, you know, you, you lose some of that connection. And so, I mean, when I used to work in an office, people would, <laughs> somebody would have the sniffles or, you know, or they'd be sick. And I'm like, you do this, you, this is Andrea's remedy, do this and you will be better in a day and a half, like do it. And they'd like to be sick for two weeks. So most of them didn't, wouldn't do it. Right. You know, <laughs> but, and it was like really simple things. And, and sometimes that's all it is. is and so like, I, I remember hitting a certain age, right. Where suddenly every conversation, there was always something about the bowels in every conversation. I think it was around four thirty-eight, forty. 38, 40. Every, people were suddenly all talking about their, their bowels and their colons and like all the things that were happening around that. It, you wouldn't talk about that when you're younger, right? Like not really. And suddenly there were people around us who were deeply affected. And so you shared and it was taboo before that, you know, um, you, you just didn't have, that wasn't like, you didn't have a conversation about poop, right? I mean, you just didn't. And it's very vital. It's a very vital thing. And we should have no shame or embarrassment around these subjects, you know, but it takes coming to a certain point where you can just lay that down. And sometimes that point has to come from a place of being deeply affected personally, or someone you really love being affected to where you can just get out of your own way around these subjects, but sorry. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Um, Andrea, can we pause for a moment? Yes. Uh, just so I can put the heating on. And okay, we just took a, a little momentary break. Uh, so if you see Max's light suddenly changed, uh, it, it probably is his halo, you know, his beautiful angelic light, but it might also be the overheads just came on. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I don't remember where we were, but you were saying uh, about uh, when we, we we don't normally talk oh. about health issues, like, uh, and then there yeah. is a need when we get out of our own way because yeah. to help the community. So yeah, so at some point, I mean, you obviously made your way through that health journey. It sounds like, or at least for the most part, I, I don't know, yeah. but now that's been many years ago and what, uh, what's, I mean, you've, you've spent a lot of time in a lot of different um, sort of maybe spiritual searching or spiritual traditions um, to enrich your life or uh, peel back the layers, maybe. <laughs> What tell tell us about whatever you want to share around that? How has it been for you this process, sort of pre what's going on now, and like how it's impacted now? You know, the last couple of years. Well, I'd say when I actually just to finish that um, that story about um, that that experience that I went through. Uh, when I sort of emerged from it, when I started fixing myself and I successfully was, you know, fixing myself and, and learning really how to optimize the body and the, the being and sort of the, this is around the time the whole field of biohacking started. Yeah. Um, when it started, um, I'd say, yeah, even maybe a little bit pre just before that and then when it when it emerged i was kind of like was ready for it but i don't like the idea of that i didn't resonate resonate with um hacking anything you know it's like but i think it's our nature to um 
well, it's maybe it's some of our natures more than others to 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 want to to heal and to 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 want to remember how to fix our bodies and to be able to use our bodies and our consciousness uh, um, in ways that we're not necessarily taught in the Western world growing up in going to the schools that we go to and um and, but lots of us have curiosities that's why a lot of us as kids we're fascinated by superheroes and um stories of of people doing extraordinary things and knowing that a lot of that is possible mm-hmm. um and then we have to navigate this matrix that we are all like we've agreed to to live in mm-hmm. and to be born into yeah. so it's not a you know, we can bridge. I think a lot of us are bridges from the matrix into a new world where we really will be uh, living our full, you know, um, human potential, which is vast. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's amazing. I don't think in my whole life I ever thought a whole lot until the last few years i think about what human potential was i was always sensitive right uh intuitive um the i think the closest thing i ever experienced to what i truly like oh i hope i get i hope i can develop that i don't really know what it looks like i i would fly all the time in my dreams right i would pump my arms and take off, you know, and I'd just be flying. And it was, and sometimes I still go out in my yard, you know, and pump my arms and just see, like, maybe this is the moment it will happen, right? But, but I, I fully am on board with you. I've always felt that we, there's something that was missing uh, in my understanding. And when I discovered like energy work and energy healing and seeing that anybody can do it, you know, um, it isn't for um, extraordinary, what we perceive as extraordinary human beings, that that ability is within each and every one of us. And um, yes, sometimes it's wonderful. I mean, I, I do that work for people, for clients, with clients, right? Engaging their self-healing ability um, and, yet I'm also super happy to like show them this is how you can do it. You know, sometimes we just want to be cared for Mm. and we're really run down and it's so nice for someone to do it for us, you know, but we, we do have the ability inside ourselves for us and, and to give it to others. So, I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Both are essential, I think, to 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 us all in varying degrees. Um, some people want to be looked after more than others, and they want to, you know, not looked after, but they want to receive, you know, healing from an external, from someone else, or from, um, and that's fine. That's like, um, yeah. it's it's human nature. We're you know, there was always someone in the tribe. Who, who had that the gift or ability or trained or the lineage as of the yeah. healer and um that's deep in our natures definitely yeah mm. well and some people like don't you find i mean we can know lots of things but there's things that our natural aptitude or curiosity is going to take us in that direction right most people could sit down and um, sketch something, right? But do they want to, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, people can write. We do it all the time in most, at some point in your day, everybody can write a sentence, but do you want to devote your life to words? You know, Mm. do you want to devote your life to understanding the, what did you call it? The neural network of the computer, right? Like, right. The collective neural network. Yeah. You know, some people want to go super deep with that. And so, but 
but most of us can do things that we never would have thought possible even 40 years ago, you know, 30 years ago on a computer. Yeah. So it's amazing. God, it still blows my mind seeing and and seeing how we're not, you know, a lot of people are not using that technology maybe in the most advantageous way they could just by getting a bit sleepy with it by you know just checking the phone too much um see people on the street uh, rather than look into each other's eyes they'd like they'd, they'd prefer to get their phone out and keep checking their phone you know and that's that's Even if there's nothing on it <laughs> yeah yeah it's it, it's a it's a it's like more challenging for a lot of people to face another human and there's nothing going on. It's just uh, another set of eyes, you know, and um, which is much more enriching because you, and it's a mirror as well. Maybe it's, that's one of the reasons it's because we have to face ourselves as well. And, and, but it's so enriching. It's how we grow and how um, it's, it's funny. We're easily as a species easily duped into this whole, you know, this, um, Overcom over comfortable, um, you know, habitual habit of of of, 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 of yeah, the technology. I mean, it's amazing, but it's 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 not fully. It's phenomenal. Like I won't talk negatively about it, and I, I'm not a really techie person. Um, um, I I feel that a lot of us can, um, most of us. You know, we're 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 in, we're interacting our consciousness with the silicon in 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 the computer in the device, and it's a living communication. You know, it's um, we're communicating with with the life in that thing, the the thing that is the the, the plasma, uh, a quantum at a quantum scale, maybe you know, or not all the time, but there is an element of that. There's a potential there for that because of the silicon chip. Um, yeah. And uh, um, God, I don't know. It's a, it's a whole, it's a whole rabbit hole, the whole technology thing, because obviously now everything's becoming more digital and yeah. Um, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. Do we have the wisdom? Do we have it? I don't know to, 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 I mean, obviously there's a split going on, you know, half our, half our species is choosing to move in a synthetic direction of becoming more synthetic, more. Um, yeah. And uh, that ain't me. No, I'm <laughs> no I, I, uh, I agree, you know, but it's all a choice. Right. And yeah, I, I would not say there's a right or wrong, um, it's just a matter of where your journey is taking you, you know, your where you are going with the consciousness, you know? Um, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's like a whole beast of a conversation. It's, beast, you know? it's huge. Yeah. <laughs> um, and how can we use it wisely aspects of it uh, without letting it take over or let, letting ourselves be taken over um, whilst, you know, you don't have to throw it all out in order to, um, you know, I mean, I'm as an instance, right. I'm only just starting to really play with, with digital currency, cryptocurrency, right. There again, it's, it's, you know, I don't fully understand it, but it's, effectively to me it's like you know monopoly money it's it's uh there's a reason that it has value i don't necessarily understand it but i didn't really understand why the other thing had any value either truthfully you know uh somebody said why why does gold have more value than uh you know than shungite right i mean or paper like so it's just, it's a mechanism. It's a communication tool that we use and however we use it. And yeah, it can be used for good. It can use, be used for dark ways. And, you know, it, it's just, a, it's a language. It's a way we're, way we're playing with each other um, and seeing 
seeing what happens, I guess, seeing where our wisdom is in all of it. Um, so oh, what was it? Oh, you have a, you have a YouTube channel. I don't know if it's real, if you're real active on it, but I popped out there one day. So could you explain to me, I've been waiting specifically to have this conversation with you because the, the, was it the toroidal field or the human Taurus? Like I, this is new to me, like this, that conversation. And you were the one I wanted to kind of explore that with what, so from your perspective, what is it? <laughs> human, so human, human Taurus is just a, it's like a, a way of, it's one, it's the thing that um, maybe I've, it's, so it's really around the, the macabre and the energetic field, the biomagnetic field that we, that emanates from our heart that we, we know so, so well, we've done so much sort of, um, you know, like uh, Drumbler's work is, is all about that, that line of work, the heart meditation work and heart math as well. I'm a heart math coach, I'm a um, trained heart math coach. Um, it's, it, it focuses on then that knowledge, that scientific knowledge of the two toroidal fields that come from the pacemaker cells in the human heart. Uh, they're electrically stimulated with by each on each heartbeat and um that for me is still the most beautiful fascinating information that um and meaningful because you you can embody it and bring it into every moment of your life and experiences like today i, I was at the dentist and i noticed the effect of my biomagnetic field my heart field on my dentist as he was doing his work um i consciously calmed mine right down made it i was i almost went into a deep sleep and he was he was then able to very be relaxed and do his work at, in the best way he could and so it was like it was a flow between and then it was um I realized because in previous uh, uh, dental appointments or when I've had work done, um, I may have been, my heart may have been going quite fast, you know, and I, but I was aware of that, but I just hadn't managed to, to completely calm it down because it's not an easy situation to be in. And um, um, I noticed the, the, the slightly, I mean, just he mirrored he mirrored my energy he does amazing work but if we and it's the same in conversation with with other people or with our family and friends you know i noticed last night with family um if my heart rate got up a bit if i was if my emotions uh and my emo our emotions and our heart rate variability the pattern of our heart rate uh, are intertwined you know of course they're intimately linked they're the same thing really um and uh, just just bringing awareness to that realizing you know just actually watching it as it's happening in yourself um is is it's very empowering it's deeply empowering because you know that when you do kind of get close to mastering it in your in yourself in your own being or not to use the word mastery but uh for want of a different word um I guess just practice. Skill, then, skillfulness. Uh, skillfulness. Yeah, you just get good yeah. at it, and yeah. um, and it it comes very easily after after like all skills that you practice, you know, yeah. for a certain amount of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I've been playing a lot the last few months, especially with uh, people. So I had I had. Um, a lot of people that would connect to me at this particular group I was part of, they're like, Oh, Andrea, you're so calm. I just want to stand next to you. And I'm like, and, and I was like, but they didn't necessarily, they just wanted it momentarily. Right. But when I would offer to show them the skills that helped me to acquire that, you know, they weren't quite ready, uh, <laughs> you know, and this has been an ongoing conversation. And so uh that's all right that's all right and i notice 
funny you talk about the dentist. I have to go on next Tuesday and I used to have to have like the laughing gas just to get my teeth cleaned. Right. Um, I could be super chill all the time. Like put me in a crisis. No problem. You know, car accident. No problem. Bring me to the dentist. You better pump me full of (laughs) laughing gas because they're going to be doing stuff that for a long time I had memories of pain. Right. Um, And, uh, and so about two years ago, I finally decided, okay, I've got all the tools. I'm just going to, uh, I realized that the, the pain, I was actually coming into it with a past, a past memory. I wasn't even feeling the pain anymore. It was just the memory, the sound, you know, the, the tools would go off. And there would be a memory triggered and I would spend the whole time tensed, really, really tense. Um, Mm. anticipating that there would be pain. And it probably took a year of there actually not being any pain in the process before I allowed myself to say, okay, this time we'll try it without the gas, you know? And now I feel like even if there were pain, I, I can breathe through it. I can calm myself. I can center myself. Uh, But it's a work in progress. You know, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't, the, the beauty of practice is you can work with it when you're not in those situations so that when you are, you have the skills, you, you do have the skillfulness to, to navigate whatever you're kind of, even if something really excruciating would happen, you could, mm. you, could you could do it, you know, but um. So that's cool. So tell me about heart math. What, what is that? I don't, I'm not real familiar with it. Is it just sort of this thing of connecting to, as you said, the two, the, the heart, uh, the toroidal, uh, field. toroidal field. And you said a pacemaker, you said the pacemaker. Uh, the pacemaker. Well, it's not actually interestingly, it's not spoken of in heart math. Um, that, element of of the biomind the the uh, toroidal field that um is spoken of i think drongolo speaks about that he's spoken about that but it's um yeah so heart math is really a system of breathing techniques that are focused they're heart focused breathing techniques and the purpose is for bringing people into coherence in the most efficient fast way known that really is real and works and has measurable effects. You can measure before and after, and you can even measure as it's happening with their little devices um, called the M-Wave. It used to be called the M-Wave Pro the, or the M-Wave. They still sell those. And uh, the Inner Balance is is their new one, which is like a little, it's got a sensor that you put on your earlobe and and you kind of clip it onto your lapel and you, it hasn't there's an app you can get for android or iphone and you can um monitor your heart rate variability so heart math is all about heart rate variability which is um the variability of your heart rate rather than just the speed or or the the fast the pace of your, your heart rate um um so uh, a good heart rate variability, if you've got a good flexible heart rate variability, um, you could have a, you could be going up and down in, in the pace, the speed of your heart rate. But if, um, um, if, if you have good flexible heart rate variability, um, you can be in coherence in a chaotic you could even you could have a heart you could have a fast heart rate rather, and it could be in complete coherence. You could be in com- complete coherence. It's it's um, it's the variability. So I, actually, I'm not clearly I'm not that good at describing. That. Well, it's one of those things you 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 understand it, but sometimes to bring words to. Well, it. no, I'm still to be honest. I'm still um, so I did the training and I, I I practice with the heart math community like regularly. We do these these great Zoom calls. We do meditations together. Um, I'm still learning the science of it, and uh, yeah. it's not very difficult. But it's more I've, I'm so experientially led that. Um, um, 
but anyway it's yeah heart, heart, heart math is all about that and they they go into they help institutions sort of teach teachers uh um you know firefighters the police force um medics uh pe- pe- all frontline kind of jobs high stress jobs these people all um employ heart math techniques really successfully to come back into coherence really quickly it's really interesting because it makes me think of um i used to be part of a, a meditation community here in nashville for many years and Uh, you know, there was always, there's this idea of what it means to be spiritual, right? In any community, like what is the, what is the way of being spiritual Uh, And meditation was considered to be a, you know, uh, there were two sides of the coin at the time. There was a lot of people coming out with the MBSR, the meditation based stress reduction. Right. And and so there were the meditators in the Buddhist community who were like, Oh, if it's not spiritually based, it's, 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 you're you're led astray right and then there's people over here in sort of more a um sort of therapeutic uh use of of meditation and they were you know uh everybody was just at odds right again polarity right over a beautiful tool a beautiful tool right and Mm. and they can help you regardless of however you're coming to something as magnificent as sitting with yourself and learning to meet your mind and your heart and your breath. I don't care how you get there. If you get there in my, in my experience, it's helpful no matter what. Um, But I remember our, our community, we met on the second floor of this building and, and it was so fun for about two months. They opened a juice bar right below us and we met on Sunday mornings and, and I mean, just to watch, like, like we'd been practicing together for years, but the minute we introduced some like chaos in, into it, it was all good if we were in our perfect little zone. And I, I was, I just enjoyed it so much, like watching how we just all kind of lost ourselves to this chaos right below us. And it took about two months and we're like, and there were three sanghas, three groups that used this same space, um, on different days and every one of us were like, Oh, we can't handle it. We can't handle the juice bar, you know? And so it was, and it was funny because that, that moment um, of interjecting the chaos into it, it, it followed us. It followed us to the next three locations. <laughs> and so you would get set in and noise became a predominant theme of how can we deal with the outside noise, people talking in the hallway, uh, you know, all this stuff. So it was a beautiful, um, some people were very frustrated and angry about it. Some people started to lighten up, right? Oh, how do we bring this? We're literally doing this so we can learn how to, like you say, when your heart rate is faster, you know, you can still be in coherence. How can I be in coherence out in the outside world, um, as well as on a meditation cushion in, in a silent space you know how can i do that and meditation i mean it's it's one tool it's not the the only one that can help you get there but so yeah mm-hmm. yeah interesting i think i think this is definitely part of the journey for a lot of us when we come when we start meditating you notice uh external sounds more and you kind of bound to i guess it's it's you know it's going to happen as soon as you you do something um since you still still yourself you, you just naturally notice any information in, in the external environment yeah. but also life does throw up these ridiculous challenges uh as part of the journey and you know and that's that's all part of the journey in this um yeah but that is a fundamental one i think with meditation is dealing with or becoming being able to kind of become friends with the or just at peace with whatever's going on around you. Yeah. As long as it's not too too bad. Yeah. But. Meeting the meeting the the flow, equanimity, you know, the rise and fall of of moment by moment. It's yeah. The best gift you can give yourself, but and others. And so well, friend, we've been talking a while here, and probably we should wrap it up. 
um, is there anywhere that people can connect with you if you want them to connect with you? Uh, we can. Um, so, yeah, I do have that YouTube channel, uh, Human Taurus. It's, it's just H-U-M-A-N-T-O-R-U-S. Okay. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm picking it up again. I, I, I had a break um, after my dad passed away and I had some time off. Um, picking it up again. And I also have a um, website, max-harvey.com. Um, that's under construction. That shows all my artwork and um, web design work. And awesome. um, I will be, there's another website that I have called um, eartheartsun.com where I sell kind of energy meditation tools and um i offer my heart math services and hopefully soon soon to offer my imagery uh, dreamwork services that i've been training with catherine chainberg i've been training with catherine for seven years now oh, wow and, uh, on and off but it's i'm i'm focusing more on that so that i can um because it's it's a it's a lifetime's work it's a beautiful rich tapestry of, of uh, work to embody and uh, yeah so I hope I hope to be able to offer that soon oh man that's awesome I can't wait to hear more about that as you get into it uh, like in the way that you want to uh, offer it so mm. uh, well this has been really really great Max I, I love hanging out with you and I'm glad other people got to see your heart. <laughs> you know, that, that makes me happy. <laughs> I was literally telling my wife, I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, this is going to be so much fun. I get to have a fun. He, I was trying to explain you to her. And I said, and kind of like you described yourself, sometimes it's hard to describe you, but, but uh, I feel it did a pretty good job. So <laughs> yeah. gentle, gentle, uh, and curious were the two words that came to mind um, and heartfelt. Oh, such a heart, such a heart. Oh, from one to another. Thank you. Thank you. You, know, you have a huge heart. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, thank you. All right. Um, Andrew, thank you. Thank you. And be sure to subscribe. And uh, otherwise have a beautiful blessed day. My heart to you.